You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Elkanen. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Khan, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, we are all waiting for the Federal Reserve, but you don't have to watch. You don't have to wait. I will tell you exactly what to expect from the Fed today. Are you ready? Here we go. That's it. That's it. There we go. We're done with that. Okay. Turn that off. Okay. Quiet markets today as we wait that meeting. We'll talk a couple movers. We'll talk a couple earnings. We will talk cannabis stocks with our guest, Alan Brockstein from New Cannabis Ventures, author of the 420 Investor. He will join the show at 8.35. It's been a long time since we had Alan on the show. We've missed him. It was great to have him back. Before I throw it to Joel, everyone, drop us a like. Hit subscribe if you can. Um, oh, I was going to do an experiment today, and I forgot uh, about uh, subscribers. I'll do it tomorrow. Anyway, Joel, let's bring you on here. Turn on your charts. How are we doing this morning? Good morning. Ah, good morning. Good morning, Spencer. Uh, crude continues to march into 70 handle, up 22 cents at 72.34. Uh, gold at 1900 is now resistance. Uh, we're down. We're up 90 cents, 1857.30. Silver up 16 cents, 27.85. Bitcoin and F40K. What a level. What a resistance level. We're down. We're down a grand at 38.990 on the futures. Ethereum, that's down $87.25 at 24.51 and a quarter. So that's quiet boy, too. Quiet. Yeah. The crypto quiet. Oh no. Dennis. Quiet markets. What are you going to do? Why don't you go help the builders over there? I know. I have been helping the builders over there. I was over there again yesterday, too, just going through and solving problems. You're going to go through and you're going to solve a lot of problems over there as you go through this next year of build. But um, let's continue on. It is quiet. Quiet, 
quiet, quiet. We're going to get the Fed here today. I predict that Spencer Israel is correct. I think it's going to be crickets. I think you'll get a little bit of movement, a little bit of chop. But I think we're going to get a whole lot of nothing. I think the Fed's going to say a whole lot of nothing different, whether that's, you know, spooks maybe some of the banks because the banks are hoping that they're going to tighten a little bit here. But they're already kind of spooked going into it. They've been selling straight off for three days ahead of the Fed meeting. They've been telling you that the Fed is not, the banks are telling you, the Fed is not tra- changing their stance. I mean, J.P. Morgan had some bad news, but it's down 10 points in three days. Other banks, same story here. They're all weak here coming into the Fed. I don't know. I think it's going to be quiet. I think we're going to be into a period of summer trade. And if you haven't, last summer trade was exciting because we were coming in COVID. There was a lot going on. Typically in the summer months, the VIX falls down. Traders are going on vacation. They're doing things. Spencer made a fantastic point in the pre-pre-market show that not only are people going on vacations, they're going to be going on more vacations because they're not locked down. I mean, we're coming out of lockdown even in Ontario. So last summer, we're all, a lot of places were in lockdown, not doing anything. So I do believe we're going to see summer trade. I think it's going to be quiet. Uh, Quiet till September. That is my prediction. How's this stat? This is from Ryan Dietrich. We've gone 17 sessions in a row where the S&P 500 traded in a 1% range. Uh, It's not the longest, but it's one of the longest streaks since the end of 2019. I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. And the volatility is coming in. The VIX is coming in. And my P&L, same thing, because I like volatility. It's been, you know, not doing as well as it was a month ago. This month is slower. So this is typical, though. This is summer trade. This is the summer doldrums, whatever you want to call it. But I think we're going to see the summer doldrums on steroids here. I think it's going to be very quiet here for the next couple of months. So I think if you were planning a vacation and you're a trader, and you, but you're FOMO and you don't want to miss the action, maybe after this Fed meeting is going to be the time. Not directly after it, but give it a couple of days. We'll get through June. We do have, we do have a quad expiration. Yes, There's going do. to be a few fireworks this week. But once we get through the Russell rebalance, which is the fourth Friday, I think I predict July and August to be very, 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 very quiet. Is that how you say uh, it? Yeah. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, I, I, I don't see a positive outcome out of this Fed meeting, though. I, I really don't. I don't because, see any outcome. I think it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, but then because the, I think then the market, if they say – Oh boy, you know, we see that it's not transitory. We see inflation. Ah, We're gonna, I'm, I'm just going I'm to giving say scenarios, Dennis. Well, this is scenario now. We could see prices getting jacked up here. You know, your loaf of bread could go to $10, they'd still be saying it's transitory. That That is just not going to be said by Powell ever. Never. I'm predicting now that he'll never say it's not transitory. <laughs> Scenario analysis. Okay. Okay. So give me the trans. If they say it, it's not transitory, which is impossible, they, they will not say that. Then they'll hit the market. Yeah. So, anyway, so what if they do say obviously transitory, which they're going to say it again? I think they're going to say it multiple times. I think they're going to, I think the market's a little spooked either way. Because if he says, hey, we're going to take some action, boom, then the market's going to worry about it, that rates are going up. And I they're think not. if he doesn't do anything, I know. And then if he doesn't do anything, I think the market's going to say, oh, he's going to get farther and farther behind the eight ball. And he's going to have to, you know, and he's going to have to scramble. That I mean, that's it. I don't see, I don't see a positive outcome. I, and no matter what they do, I'm not saying the market's going to tank. I'm just saying it's, I just don't see a soup. I don't see us ripping off whatever he says. I think if there's a, a, a 
chant a movement, a big move, it's to the downside. I don't see it to the upside. I think there's going to be no. I think you're going to see some chop, but I think if you're selling the 420 puts and selling the 428 calls and you're just doing that for a while, I think you're going to make money. I don't know what the premium is on this. I'm talking on the spy. I, I just think selling premium is the way to go here because I think it's going to be quiet. I yeah, think but the VIX is low. Shop. You don't want to sell premium when the VIX is low. I wouldn't sell low. this week. Okay. Well, no, it's not. Okay. But is it low relative, Joel? We're, we're so spoiled as traders here. The VIX is at 17. <laughs> Do you remember the VIX going under 10? three or four years ago? Do you remember that? Because I sure do. I remember the VIX under 10. And that was slow. So, you know, you look at it at 17, you're like, oh, it's still pretty volatile. VIX was under 10. I don't remember. Go back and look. Can you get a chart up? Yeah, I got the monthly here. Go grab it because it was under 10 for a while. I know you newer newer traders don't Uh, know what this is all about, but you can go back. VIX is tough. You got to get the VIX. I'm sorry. I got to get the index up there. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Huh. VI oh, I think it's VIXX on a, a trade oh, station. Oh, is it different on trade station? No, what is it on trade VIX station? VIX is where it is everywhere in the world. I don't know if trade really? station has their own symbol. Try try like add via at VIX. Uh that's weird. Help Maybe me don't out. Subscribe Help to me that out. Data. I can't subscribe to that. VIX. VIX. I'm going I'm getting up my charts. I I yeah. can't. I'm 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 pulling up on mine. Spencer's gonna pull it up. We're going back to see because we have had a lot of periods. We're, go, we're going back to, to been significantly lower than. Well, 17. you can also uh, well you can go to the UVXY too. I mean, no, it, no, because that all keeps falling. UVXY. Right. So look at the VIX. Look <laughs> at it in 2017. We were just hugging 10. Look at it. Really, we had some spikes. You can see the sudden spikes that you always get. But look how often this is sitting down at 10. Call of right. 2017. 2018, we were down 11 or 12. 2019, we're down 11 or 12. And then we had COVID. And we're still trying to come in from COVID. So you think it can't get slower and quieter? It sure as hell can. And it can get down. This VIX can get down to 10 or 11. It has done it many times in the past. It inevitably will do it again. Why not do it this summer when people are going on vacation? There's not that much exciting. People are trading meme stocks, which aren't even in the indexes. Or actually, they're coming into the indexes, some of them, uh, with the Russell. But, I mean, people just aren't you know, trading as much right now. So that, that's an eye-opener for traders who have you know been trading 2021 thinking, stocks move around 20 30% in a day and all this fun stuff. Not your typical markets. Your typical markets are this 2012 no. to 2020 10 support on the VIX. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where they typically hang out. So fun. But that's not to say there isn't some action. There isn't. There will be. And, and we should be doing this show. I'm going to say just before you go on, just yeah. we should be doing this show after the Russell rebalance because we are going to get a lot of action in the next seven days. So just because it's going to be quiet today, and I do predict crickets, you got. Obviously, the quad witch on Friday. And then next Friday, you have the Russell rebalance. Those are big movement days. The Russell rebalance is fireworks day for a lot of traders. A lot of traders, that is the big day for inefficiency traders because there's inefficiencies all over the place. Some stocks going in, some stocks coming out. We know AMC and GameStop are going in. Um, So there will be some excitement next Friday. After that, you get to the July 1st trade. I think July and August are going to be very slow. And every day, it seems like there is a dozen press releases. Oh, so-and-so is joining the Russell 3000. So-and-so is joining the Russell 2000. 
Um, companies trying to pump their own stocks. Companies just. I mean, I guess it's you know their prerogative to to announce it, even though we knew this was out a couple of weeks ago. So it's an excuse to just tell everybody that hey, yeah, we're going to the Russell and trying to pump their stocks up, and it's been working. They know the algos. This is how dumb the algos are. You know, let's go into an example. We're talking the market for thirteen minutes, but we have the delivery service CEO N U R O. On CNBC last night, so um, Nero is. The oh, I knew you were going to talk about. Yeah, that. Nero, and they do delivery. So let's just you know that the company itself is uh, Nero. Any No, no, no. It's not public. Here's the oh. thing. Oh. So it's a private <laughs> company, Nero, N U R O, and they do. Um, I think they do delivery, self-driving delivery. So it's a private company, though. Anyways, the CEO comes on CNBC around 4.30. Bring up the chart of NURO, which huh. is a completely different company. It's Nero it. Metrics. It has nothing to do with it. Look at the explosion at 4.30 <laughs> last night. It explodes up to $4.20 from $3.40. It goes up over 20% on the CEO interview. It's like, oh, that's a cool story. Bye. The algos are ripping in. And then you got some other people ripping. And I'm like, I tweet out at 4 o'clock. Like, this is a different company. It's not the same company. <laughs> And they're buying it up. The algos are just like, Nero, but not only the algos, it's a a lot of other traders too that are maybe confused. And URO, this is the ticker symbol. That's the name of the company. But that's not the company. That's Nero Metrics, completely different company. They buy the stock up 20% on the CNBC interview last night, $4.20, and then starts to come off. And obviously, it's coming all the way back now, down to $3.43. They trade some volume, Triple D. Oh, it did. It did. It took off. That was just, that's dumb money. Dumb money buying the wrong company. And dumb money punished immediately for it. Anybody paying 4 4 10 4 20 make sure you got the right company. <laughs> that's, our, that's our educational segment for the day. And then I'll always reference when uh, Tesla bought Riviera Tool. Which There's so a- many examples <laughs> of it. What about Zoom? Z- yeah, and Spencer, uh, Zebra they, OOM. They had to delist yeah, Zoom. They got rid of Zoom. <laughs> they had to delist Zoom. Z-O-O-M. The regulators had to get they had to get this stock off because everybody kept buying it thinking it was Zoom technology ZM. It's crazy, you know, that you know you couldn't even like you tell everybody, but nobody listens and they're continuing to buy the wrong company. So NURO yeah. got a lot of love last night because because uh, <laughs> they, they confused it. With the self delivery company, private company, Nero. And VO Noob says it reminds, reminds them of uh, Ford and F. For, ticker Ford, F O R D, did have a headline uh, yesterday. and But yeah, it's confusing that there is a ticker Ford, but that's not Ford. VO. I'm sure there's some people that buy Ford, F O R D, thinking they're buying Ford. Maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure that exists. If they're buying Nero, and there was a lot of people buying that Nero, like you said, there was a lot of volume on that candle, Joel. Uh, which one on the, on the uh, Euro. yeah oh yeah I pulled it up I pulled it up there was yeah. uh let's see this candle right here it was at uh 17 yeah uh 120,000 100 more than that 100 crazy 100. yeah 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 oh well live and learn right make sure you get the right company yeah make sure you get the right you company. Wanna do Oracle yeah let's do it oh, we, wow. we'll get the right company on this one ORCL that's the one. Uh, earnings, EPS beat, sales beat, and I guess they, th- what they are attributing the weakness to, uh, you know, 
can never you can never tell but what they're saying is oh the company said they're going to spend more money on the cloud and on the call they gave some guidance too so it actually was kind of hanging out around 80 and then the call yeah. started yeah. and so then they, they hit another two bucks they said sales growth in the mid single digit range they well. didn't like the numbers yeah. there so i mean oracle's had a hell of a run this mm. is typical for oracle that it runs into the number which it really has. I mean, yeah, it sold out the last three days into the number, but it hadn't had a significant run up over the course of the last three months, 65 to 85. Huge move for Oracle. If you go on the weeklies, that is a big move. I own the stock in the long-term portfolio. I'm in from nine bucks. I'm not selling any of it because I don't want to pay the tax. So I stick with it, but I don't know. Like it's went a long ways. It's been a good move for Oracle. So this cool off probably cools off this is what oracle typically does sells off for you know a few weeks after earnings they start to forget about it starts meandering its way back up and then when the next earnings season comes around the month before it starts to run up again there's this you know just the earnings seasonality trade happening with oracle where you know you see the sell-off after disappointing numbers but they forget about it and eventually they rebuy it and before you know it three months later the stock's back up at the highs ready for the next disappointment uh straight leaning the right way into the report uh we made our all-time high a few days ago at 8503 posted the all-time closing high that same day at 8461 and then just a little bit of profit taking uh maybe some advent you know uh some shorts getting in there i have no reason to see why there's a buyer here at uh, 7728 that doesn't mean that there's not but just seems like Someone, it's bid here, and someone's saying, "Hey, I'm bringing in stock, whether they're long some puts or whatever." Um, I see a little bit under there at seventy six eighty four, seventy six eighty four, seventy seven. I see three lows in that area. So if you get through the pre market low, I'm looking at that for support. Uh, right now, there's been no bounce. There really no bounce since they pounded it under seventy eight. So. I don't know if you're playing this on the short side, you can't buy it at 77 and bust through 78. I uh, could, I mean, it's going to have some rally at some point, just like, you know, uh, DKNG. I mean, well, DKNG was, rallied right off the hop. Yeah. That see was that? A they, gift. they took out the pre market low. Did you see that by 22 cents, Dennis? And then they ripped. If you it did, opened it, right at the low of the day. Yep. It basically opened at the low print at 930. If you were just saying, okay, they're giving me an opportunity to get in DKNG. I liked it 40 to 45, I said, was my buy zone. It just topped the top of my yeah. buy zone there. I was hoping to get down in the mid 40s or lower 40s before having a, a substantial rally so I could rebuy it. Um, obviously, it just struck right on the open. It was already down six bucks, though. I know. You know it was I had a short far. report from, uh, you know, yeah. from, I mean, Hindenburg's been right. They've been wrong. Uh, they actually announced that they had a short position in this one. So, uh, and plus the stock was at 56 bucks uh, last week. I mean, come Sold on. Sold up a lot. 56 to 45. I mean, come on. What do you, you know, that, that's a Buy lot. the but, dip, and they bought the dip. Yeah. You know, Dennis, Dennis, you know what your problem is? You're going to be more like more like Kathy Wood. Okay, Kathy Wood just, she buys, just buys the dip no matter what. You just buys the dip. You got to be more like that. Just yeah. I bought the stock last night uh, just to take it home because I figured Kathy would buy it. So I bought it at the close, and then actually, and then it, and then it was like getting hit after hours. It was getting chopped around, and I and I and then I sold some. I scalped it a little bit last <laughs> night, and then I rebought it around the forty-eight and a quarter area, 
and um and i've sold it already here this morning just was <laughs> buying it for the overnight kathy pop i was like you know it's probably gonna get announced kathy's bought some stock they'll probably buy it up she doesn't have the effect she did you know three months ago but i'm like there should be a little kathy with pop here because you know she's bought the dip on this one she loves DraftKings, and when it's falling six seven bucks in a day they're guaranteed arcs getting down and dirty in it so i figure when they announced it they probably would pop it back up here this morning a little bit and that's what they're doing so they get a little kathy pop here so tennis is going deep into the bag of tricks for trading uh let's because see you gotta you gotta take all the edges <laughs> <laughs> they want to pop when and and this was a great edge three months ago you know this would have been up five percent you know to get, get all the losses back if this was back when kathy was so hot but now that she cooled off, you know, she's not giving the influence that she once did. But there's a little Kathy pop here today. Okay. Uh, what's the other cat? Oh, let's talk about uh, roadblocks. That is getting hit here. And yeah. it, it's been volatile, huh? This was uh, interesting because this was the one. The entire sector was weak yesterday except for roadblocks. Roadblocks was strong. Very strong into the close. Right, as opposed to ATVI, Take Two EA, all had down days except Roblox. And then after hours, Roblox reports as they do every month their user data for the month, the prior month. They said May daily active users, uh, though they were up year over year, they were actually down one percent month over month from April to May. That's not and good. and their hours engaged again up year over year, but but up nine percent year over year, but only up one percent month over month. Uh, and the stock slid off on that headline. Very interesting to see because that was the one that was that had the relative strength. Get in there. Yeah. How much seasonality plays into that, though? Uh, I mean, you're, it's not well, sitting at home. You're you're comparing. What are you comparing? April to May? Yeah. Or May to June. You're comparing April to May, so I don't know. April to May, it's starting to warm up. Starting to get, you know, you go from cold uh, winters in certain I'm, areas. Starting I'm, to warm. Not buying. People it. are playing as many video games. Maybe not buying it. Not buying it. No. No, I, I just think like your May would naturally be less than your June would be less than your May. I would think, I don't know. Like, but I'm just thinking logically, I'm going outside, I'm doing other things. I'm not sitting in the winter months with the snow playing video games. I'm a, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm way off on that, but that's uh, my thought process. Well, it's still the school year, right? Mo for most of the country, it, right? Yeah. So, um, here, you know, Fern V is saying that they should just do what the, the, uh, the retailers and the automakers to some to something is doing is just stop reporting them on the monthly numbers. <laughs> but no, but we well, we appreciate the transparency, Roblox. Um, so anyway, uh, we talked. I just want to say we yeah. talked about this on the late show, and uh, it just it was teetering. I mean, it had a, a couple lows at eighty seven. So I we did not know that the news was coming out right, but the news came out and they slammed this thing to eighty seven. Now, what do you see between seventy and eighty five? You see nothing, right? Well, you know, you have some yeah, daily lows. Air. Yeah, a lot of air. So it made quick work of the 8250. Uh, I think you just have to go to your next daily low. I don't think they'll get it to 7731 today. Uh, but you have you have someone that said, get me out in the uh in the after actually I traded up near the close after hours, and they said, Hey, you know what? I'm selling until just about eight o'clock. And then they said, you know, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to let the guys bid it up at 4 o'clock. And I'm going to slam them again. And it's just a step-down seller here. Just relentless. So we'll see. I mean, the only thing, if you if you want to day trade this, maybe we'll do a, you know, a DraftKings. You know, keep an eye on that pre-market low and then see what it does immediately. But your next daily low is 77.31. 
And if you do a retracement here, 65 to 105, what's that? Uh, that's a 40-point move. Boom. Right back. 85 will be your level of control over the next couple of days. No uh, chance for this to rebound unless it gets back above 85. I think you're exactly right. I think this is going to do a DraftKings. I think this is going to be a dip that's going to get bought. And I also predict that Kathy Wood loads the boat today. I would. I think you're going to see Kathy. <laughs> she loves Roblox. I think you're going to see a huge purchase by Kathy Wood here when you look at your ARK investment report tonight. So wow. I do think not only there's going to be some people buying the dip, Kathy Wood is going to buy the dip, something fierce on this RBLX. Wow. I am probably going to buy the dip at some point in time here today too. Not in the long term, but just as a, the day trade because I think it does bounce back. So I'm going to try probably to play for a bounce at a certain point. Does it bounce from 80? It's a logical spot, maybe. I mean, it sets up well. I mean, I would say my buy zone is 70 to 80 in here, just like my buy zone. So maybe it gets to the top of your buy zone and bounces there. Let's see where it opens. But this is one that could potentially open at the highs. Joel, maybe we should take two minutes here and explain, you know, your opening trade that you taught to me back in 1999. And, you know, there is stats out there where the open is such a key pricing event for a stock where a lot of times you see a stock open or low, open or, or, you know, open at its high or low of the day. So a lot of times I do openings and saying, okay, I'm trying to grab. Maybe this is going to be one of those situations where it does open at the low of the day. If it opens at 80, then washes down to 78, 79, you know you're on the wrong side and you just cut it. But if it opens at 80 and starts bouncing right away, it's like maybe I just bought the low of the day. In the case of DraftKings, it would have worked really well yesterday. So I think I probably will try this from the OPG side if it starts cutting through the opening price. If it doesn't do the DraftKings right away, then I'll probably get out. But then I'll probably get back in because I think Kathy's going to buy someone. I think it could bounce back a little bit tomorrow. Is it coming back to 85, 86? I don't think it's coming back that far. But is it overdone it down 10% here? I think it's overdone here. I kind of like buy the dip on this one. Uh, and Dennis, that was even before you had like that very active pre-market trading. So now you even have you have reference points, right? Because you have, you know, boom, 929 and 29 seconds. And you explained it correctly. Here, if you were leaning on the pre-market low in DraftKings at 44.88, right? And you just stuck your order out there, you got done off the open. It went to 44.65. Right. So once it got back above there, people had to start buying on weakness. And the other thing about the trade is that, you know, you can define your risk. Like you're not buying this, you know, if you were buying the DraftKings yesterday, let's say at that 4488, you're not waiting for 4399 to figure out that you're wrong. It's a, it's a limited risk trade. Yeah. You know, you put your stop in uh, and now with the pre-market activity. So we'll keep an eye on this one. We'll see what's uh, on the pre-market low. The other reason I think it might uh, it might get a bounce is, I mean, and I know people, I know there's a few evil shorts out there, but just, you huh. know, a, a week ago, a week and yeah, not last week. Yeah, why not? What are you going to get? Is this uh, a gift? I think so. It was already going down. Now giving you another nine sticks on it. I mean. You know, maybe you think it's going to cut through, you know, all those lows and go to 75, fill the gap. But I mean, come on, you know, bulls make money, bears make money and pigs get slaughtered. I mean, you got to got to look at it from that perspective. I think it's overdone. Um, I don't I'm not putting this on a long term investment account at this point. in time. Although I've been interested in that. I think, you know, that would be a buy for me down the lower 70s. If it was to get there, I'd probably put in the long term investment account. But I do think there's a bounce trade in here. It's just a matter of timing it right. So we'll see. Like I said, I'll probably try it on. I have no position in it yet. 
but I'll probably try it off the open. If that doesn't work, then obviously, you know, I'll, I'll cut the loss. I, I do cut my losses very quickly on those opening trades. And then I'll probably try it at the close as well, or at least, you know, after hours to try to get the Kathy pop tomorrow, because I think you'll get a Kathy pop off of tomorrow as well. So yeah, it, there's it, two it, potential day trades off of this one, potentially at the open two potentially at the close for the Kathy pop tomorrow. And uh, 80, I don't know if these numbers are exactly right, but it looks like 82 uh, encompasses half of this move. So if you were, you know, it could easily, you know, come back, make a low today, come and chop around 82, 83, a lot of different scenarios. So there was your roadblocks five minute segment brought to you by pre-market prep. Uh, you can also look at unity, uh, which again, traded with the rest of the sector yesterday, which was down. Um, and, did pop into the close a little bit, but um, nice. That's a nice. Not, yeah, that's traded down. Yeah. I don't know about this one. Got to right. get rid of that seller at one hundred three and a half. All right, a uh, couple other movers here uh, on my list. Let's, lazy boy. Uh, okay, yeah, we're going to lazy boy. Uh, I give myself a pat on the back here. Uh, this is the most obvious beat in the history of beats, right? I mean, their earnings per share. 87 cents versus 74 cent estimate sales of 519 versus 498 million dollars. I said on the at the close show it's probably going to pop and drop, uh, but I didn't call. I did not say when it would drop, but I said it would drop, and uh, I did not. I I admittedly did not anticipate the drop was going to happen so quickly, but it happened real quickly. Uh, they they talked about it, the increased uh, costs on their supply chain, right? Um, Everything is more expensive for them. So, forty bucks. What's it going to do there? Does it hold forty? There's offers. This is very thin. When you trade, you know, this thin in the pre-market and fairly thin after hours as well. There's a lot of price discovery to still happen here. I mean, the real volume hasn't come in yet, so that's going to change everything. So let's see what happens. I'd say the first test is going to be forty. Can it hold, especially that June low of forty thirty one? But we're just rounded and we'll call it forty. That's your first major support level. It takes that out, then you start thinking about thirty eight. Um, but you know, this could turn around on a dime too. So this has just not had enough volume to really there's a lot of offers lined up at 42, 42 and a half, 43, which makes me think they ain't going to take it green, at least off the bat, because there's a lot of people lined up there. Whoever held it through the report or bought it after the report or bag hold, and they're trying to get their money back. So they're going to be natural sellers to knock it down, at least off the hop. So I think you're going to test 40. A 4031. That was your June June 3rd low for your Monroe, Michigan company. And we'll skip the Dennis uh, story. Um, this quarter. I think we sold. I think we told last quarter. Okay. All I right. told a very poor version of it too. Okay. All right. uh, real quick before I forget, and I put it in chat, but if you are into uh, gaming and streaming, uh, check out Benzinga's E3 recap. We did a two hour stream last night going through all the biggest announcements from E3, all the new games, uh, new new consoles, new technologies, all that sort of thing. On a two, we, we gathered two of Benzinga's biggest gamers. I'm not one of them. Uh, but Steve Krause and producer Aaron Thomas, and they had a two-hour stream last night dissecting everything from E3. So check it out. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, let's go to... Let's go to like some of the the uh, the the EV stuff here today. Um, okay. We had, we had um, you're speaking of edges from a couple months ago, there is that trend where every time there was an announcement about uh, new EV this, new EV that, the stock would pop. 
We're having that again this morning with SPI. They announced its its uh, subsidiary Phoenix Motor Cars has launched a full range of electric vehicle charging stations in the U.S. SPI ticker mm. and SPI is up, though it is off the high of the pre-market session. Oh, these, these smaller stocks are tough. I'd say eight fifty-eight. What's it do at the old high? Can it take that out? Hey, but yeah, if you know the Reddit traders grab it or the social media traders grab it, then it can do even you know it can do crazier things. You get these low-priced stocks on a headline. Sometimes the social media traders will grab it, and you know, and it can pop a lot more than you think it can. So it, it's tough to make calls in these stocks. Uh, exactly. Especially when you got slammed when it went to, uh, 850, 853, got slammed, couldn't quite fill the gap. And then now we're getting all our money back. Double top at 885. Double top potential. Yeah. Well, uh, we got to 885 on two brackets. So that whole zone there, 853 to 885, I mean, huh. It gets through there. It gets crazy. Goes nine bid, nine and a half, ten. Yeah, that might happen. But a lot of people getting their money back from the last four days. We've already seen a little bit of a fade. And then Arrival and GOEV uh, Canoe are both getting uh, getting some mentions in chat, some mentions on on Reddit. Um, again, who can say the authenticity of these of these mentions on the internet? But uh, that's what's being attributed to the pop in those two stocks is social media chatter. So there we go. Uh, 8 to 34 here. We're going to have Alan Brockstein hop on in a minute. Um, what else was on our list here? I had Blue Apron. They announced an offering. Their stock is down again. The thing is... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man. What was the IPO price? Like 50-something? And it's at 5 now? <laughs> so, it's it's had to do a reverse split. Yeah, four dollars and fifteen cents. I mean, <laughs> this has been ugly, but it's had ridiculous pops in the past too. So I don't know if there's short interest on this one or not. I have no position, but I don't short stocks under five bucks anymore for the simple reason that I don't know it can't be the next Reddit stock. That's a great so Reddit winning on those. I short <laughs> mega caps, I short big caps, you know. I got dinged on the Wendy's one a little bit. We know that. I told that story and I got out just in the nick of time, but um, you know, I feel safer shorting stocks if I'm shorting stocks in the mega caps and I do stocks under five bucks. I, I'm done with shorting stocks under five bucks. It's smart. Mm, I don't know if it is or not. I'm probably leaving some money on the table, but I'm spooked enough that I don't want to be the next uh, feast for, you know, some social media rally in a stock under five bucks. So apron four twelve, four fifteen. I don't four dollars is your major support. What's it do there? But when you get these offerings, let's wait for the price. Did we get the price? Does anybody? Uh, no, we do not. Does anybody order from Blue Apron? We did. Uh, oh no, did. they said four and a quarter. Harry says it's four and a quarter. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. That was that, that was out this morning. I, I didn't. It was four out box. It was out five minutes ago. Four. It was out five minutes ago. They priced it at four and a quarter. Four point seven million shares. Yeah, hard. I wonder how they did during the pandemic. You know, what you think? Oh, if you go back and look at the chart, you can see it had that spike initially, but it was very. Oh yeah, very short lived. Is that right? Two dollars and twenty-five cents to twenty-eight dollars, or was that just a reverse split? Probably that didn't adjust on my. Chart. Oh, I don't know. That was you have in it on March. your chart. Yeah, I got it on my chart, and I got the. That's what I'm wondering if that was a real spike, because that looks it looks like it could be a one for ten reverse split too. So I'm wondering if they just didn't adjust the charts if they missed that one. Or ah, they're usually pretty good. I don't they know. Are. Yeah, all time high one sixty-five. So. Do you see spikes like that on the charts? I don't short those stocks ever. That's where I can use charts <laughs> too. I see like $5 stocks go to 15 overnight. I never short those stocks. <laughs> All right. 
It is 8.36. Let's bring on today's guest. He is the author of The 420 Investor, founding partner of New Cannabis Ventures, longtime friend of the program, Alan Brockstein. Good morning, Alan. Hey, great to be here. Good to have you back. It's been far too long. How you Way been? too long. I'm good. I want to thank you because usually you have me on like when the stocks are on steroids and uh, everything's all exciting. And hey. <laughs> it's really uh, nice to be able to speak when we're kind of in this consolidation. And you know, I know you get more traders than investors probably on this, but this is a great time for investors. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about what we should be looking at here, Alan, because we've had some pullbacks in some of the pot stocks. They were really hot a few weeks ago and even back to January when Tilray and the Afria had the merger and it went to $60. Talk, talk to us about what's on your radar here right now. Yeah, so I think we're in a consolidation. The market got way ahead of itself in February. That's something I was very loud about with my subscribers at the time. Uh, I wasn't so good at predicting that here we'd be four months later, still talking the same story. But uh, one of the big drivers right now, a lot of investors come into the space or traders really into the space because they think federal legalization is imminent. And so this has really been a big uh, short-term catalyst of late. Uh, after the elections, when Biden got uh, uh, elected, there was a lot going on in November, Biden being part of it. But Biden's not especially pro-cannabis, but I think people felt as though the environment was a little bit better. I think it may have been more New Jersey and Arizona legalizing at that time. We were up 61% in Q, Q4 for the overall, the global cannabis stock index. Then we had that surprise in January and all of a sudden people started speculating that we were going to be legal tomorrow, which is, uh, I, I could spend hours telling you about why it's going to take a long time. It's a very complex process, but this is what gets people excited, apparently, that federal legalization, which could really be scary. I mean, FDA regulated cannabis, not a good thing, probably, for, for the existing uh, system. But in any event, Chuck Schumer, uh, now that he's Senate Majority Leader by the slimmest of margins, the tiebreaker, he's been talking about since early February about this comprehensive legislation. And the Senate has been a huge dead end for anything when it comes to cannabis. The House has actually passed a legalization bill, but it, you know, it doesn't matter. So I think anything Schumer says is probably dead on arrival, unfortunately, uh, but it'll whip up a frenzy. But I think people need to step back and look at what's going on. I mean, these companies are generating after-tax profits, even with the onerous 280E, which taxes these companies at like a 75% effective tax rate, some of them are actually after-tax profitable. And looking at EBITDA, we're seeing positive EBITDA way down. You don't even have to reach scale yet. These companies are printing coin and investors aren't really paying attention. Which, which companies though? We're talking US, we're talking Canada. We we're talk not talking Canada. <laughs> so, okay. That's, that's a whole other story. So look, I want to go on the record. I love the Canadian retailers. That's where it's at. Uh, High Tide uh, is not one I follow as closely, but they just listed on the NASDAQ. So maybe What's this- What's the symbol on that one? H-I-T-I. Uh, -I. Um, a new one. Yep. And so I think this is totally neglected by American investors, this concept of retail. I've talked to you before about some of the other companies, Alcana, which spun out its uh, 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 cannabis operations into a, a, a reverse merger with a company 
It's, it's now called Nova Cannabis. That was their old operating uh, company. Is that traded? So, I, I, I took a little bath in that one. Is that, uh, <laughs> is it trade under a different symbol? So Alcana owns, I think, 58% of Nova. Nova barely trades, unfortunately. No, okay. Nova trades in Canada a little bit and barely any in the United States. NVACF, I believe, in the United States. And NOVC on the TSX venture, they've applied for. Yeah, it doesn't trade much. And then Fire and Flower is is one that that I've talked about as well. I really like them. They reported yesterday. These companies are growing their revenue. They benefit from all the problems in Canada. The the tough advertising environment, the glut of inventory, the inability of brands. So the Canadian market's really weird. There's like. You know, usually in a market, you get these big companies like Canopy and, and Tilray that dominate. No, there's no dominance in Canada. The market shares are very limited despite it being a national market. In the United States, you have a fragmented market also, but that's because it's state by state. Canada is a little bit province by province, but it's more than that. Uh, so anyway, the retailers are really where it's at. And uh, so Fire of Flower will be uplisting on the NASDAQ too. So I'm kind of hopeful that investors will start to like look through and say, okay, well, if I have to be on the NASDAQ, why don't I look at these Canadian retailers? Because for example, Fire and Flower through a licensing arrangement will be entering the United States this quarter. So, um, and you know, I think that the retailers are a good story, but, but back to your question, no, in the United States, these MSOs, and because it's not a winner take all, I mean, everybody can have their favorite MSO and not worry about missing out because they're all probably going to do well on on average, some more than others. But there's a lot of great choices. If you go to New Cannabis Ventures, we have a page that ranks them by revenue and you can see the adjusted operating profits for a lot of them. These these companies are doing great under the status quo. And, And what I like to tell people is don't get caught up on this federal stuff. It's going to happen eventually. It'll take a long time. It'll look very different, possibly, from what you imagine. But for now, for the next few years, we have so many positive catalysts because there's in-market growth, like in California, which is just getting started, really, if you think about it. The world's largest cannabis market, but it's mainly illicit. And they're finally getting strong growth in the legal market. And we're seeing counties and municipalities that were previously they call it dry, just like alcohol, but where they didn't uh, smoke free, maybe they didn't allow cannabis stores in their or delivery. And they're starting to do that. So this is going on across the country. We're, we're seeing legal markets like Illinois and Michigan that are just getting started. The supply needs to catch up to the demand uh, and we need to get more stores open in Illinois. And then you layer on things like New Jersey, New York and Virginia going legal. And we have years of good times ahead in my view and people aren't paying attention we're on the line with alan brockstein he's the author of the 420 investor letter also new cannabis ventures uh over the weekend uh we were with some friends and we were discussing uh the legalization and selling of psychedelics and uh mn and D is the stock. I mean, I don't really pay attention. I mean, how I, the I hell did that get approved, Alan? I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, I appreciate things, but I found in life by focusing, I'll do better. And the psychedelic opportunity is probably more of a big pharma. And I don't do biotech okay. cannabinoid companies either. So I'm, I'm not trying to denigrate these companies, but it's a different 
totally different uh, business model and all sorts of things. And what I found, uh, not the company that you're talking about, but in general, <clears throat> a lot of the scammers that failed in the cannabis space, now they're scamming in the psychedelic space. It's so easy to get people excited about some hot topic when you got nothing and uh, because they're already excited. So, sorry, I'm not going to be able to weigh in on psychedelics I, beyond that. Alan, I want to go back to the table I had up here, which is the table that you, you had mentioned. The yeah, rank, there. The ranking I, of... I recognize uh, that. Right. The, the, well, I hope you do. This is your site. Uh, any takeaways from this? I mean, we've talked about a couple sectors. We've talked about uh, Canadian retail, U.S. MSOs. Uh, is there a... A, a takeaway you have from this table uh, and or like a, like a favorite uh, side of the industry you have right now? Yeah. Well, so I think there's a lot of ways to win. And one of the takeaways on this table is we are starting to see more public companies that are ancillary and ancillary companies offer some unique advantages to investors uh, that want to capitalize on the, on the industry, but either can't or don't want to pick individual cannabis companies. You know, a lot of investors don't want to trade on Canadian exchanges or on the OTC. So that uh, eliminates the possibility, unless you go through an ETF, of investing in direct cannabis operators. So the ancillary companies get around that because a lot of them trade on higher exchanges. But it goes a little bit deeper. You get some diversification maybe by uh, investing in these companies as opposed to trying to pick the winners. Uh, I don't think that's a big deal, but you know, for people... You know, as a long-term investor, when I wanted to invest in technology years ago, you know, I, I might buy a distributor or, you know, something like CDW, which I think is public again, but it, it was public back then. Uh, and, and so the same thing, these ancillary companies can really allow you to participate in the space. But here's the maybe the biggest one. So right now, I mentioned earlier, these cannabis companies have to pay this onerous tax, 280E. That does not impact the ancillary companies at all. So... So then you layer on top of it. Oh, one other point that it's easier to scale. If you're a big cannabis operator, like up near the top of that list, Cureleaf number two, you have to replicate each of your businesses state by state by state. So there's a, a huge inefficiency there. But then take the company right above it, Scott's Miracle Grow, which, which by the way, I love that stock. I'll say that because it's so damn big, it doesn't matter. Uh, not front running my my uh, subscribers, but. Uh, Scott's owns Hawthorne. Hawthorne is the largest ancillary cannabis company by far. They're similar to Hydrofarm, and uh, they don't have to go state by state to set up their operations. They they can have their manufacturing in one state and uh, things like that. So the ancillary sector, I think, is really interesting. And there's some really uh, exciting companies coming public that are new names to the space that seem cheap. Uh, recent IPOs that have a lot of cash. Uh, three of the companies that have gone public, well, Weed Maps will start trading tomorrow. Uh, so they're not on there because they're not public yet, but they'll be on there. They have a lot of revenue. And then, uh, but the three that have gone public this year off the top of my head are AFC Gamma. It's not on that page. Uh, they're they're a uh, mortgage REIT, uh, but two others um, that are on that page, I believe. Urban Grow, which helps uh, companies uh they're near the bottom, facilitate uh, design and construction of new facilities. And then Agrify, which uh, in both those companies, Agrify and Urban Grow, AGFY and uh, UGRO, both, both of them uh, also are focused uh, on the food industry as well, uh, which is uh, a, an interesting area. Uh, 
But Agrify has a uh, solution. uh, And I've heard about these solutions for years and years and years, and they've always been kind of a joke. But this one seems very real. And they've already started to sign up certain operators. uh, And it's basically a, a box for controlled growth. And, you know, they claim that they can get uh, very much a standardized product out of it, which is one consistency is a huge problem in the cannabis space. So uh, there's some uh, economic arguments for this as well. So I kind of like that one uh, a little bit more speculative because uh, the revenues that they have really aren't. So uh, they're more construction related from what I understand, but in the future, they're going to have recurring revenue from MSOs. Uh, whereas, you know, Urban Grow is already doing business with MSOs. Wow, uh, this Scott's Miracle Grow is really taking a hit here. I know. From, uh, yeah, from two. So, so you like it by. And I just want to see is there any, because uh, I'm thinking, you know, the other, you know, suppliers to the growers, like the hydroponics, is there anybody else in, in this uh, in this sector? I mean, Maybe to pair up with SMG because that thing's got absolutely hammered. Any other yeah, stocks? Yeah, well, so SMG's closest peer. So SMG's not a pure play, right? And I think part of the weakness is related to their other business, their core business, lawn and garden. And I think people are probably making a mistake there because they are, you know, there's a lot of people saying, well, what did well in COVID? I'm going to be short it now or I'm going to sell right. it and I'm going to go into more cyclical plays. So they did very well in COVID from both sides of their business. You know, the cannabis industry took off. And uh, the lawn and garden people, you know, they were stuck at home. They wanted to yeah. look at a better outs- outdoor scene. I don't think that the people that took up gardening are going to just walk away from beautification and enjoyment that they're getting. But uh, in any event, uh, Hydro Farm is a pure play. Uh, I think uh, Hawthorne, their division's uh, better. Uh, Hydro Farm uh, just went public. And then... Uh, Grow generation is kind of a competitor, but but also works with them. So uh, supplier and competitor down the road, probably. But, you know, I know you guys have seen grow generation before. It's pulled back a lot also. Uh, so uh, those, those are kind of three in that. I, I think grow, there's going to be another company go public uh, later this year, probably, that, that's similar to GrowGen. Another one just went public, IPW, I, iPower. They run... Uh, on online websites in hydro. So uh, to me, it's exciting. And so back to that page, I think there's several takeaways. First of all, the canvas industry is diverse. You have a lot of different operators that are generating substantial revenue. These revenue growth rates are high. In many cases, they're generating operating profits. And then you also start to see the ancillary companies, because more of them are going public, we're seeing more of them on that page. Um, and, you know, if you go down that page where we list the Canadian ones, I find it very interesting how few Canadian operators, although it's been legal in Canada since 2018, how few Canadian companies are actually on this page. It's it's a, it's sad. But the ones that are there, I mentioned to you, uh, High Tide and Nova Cannabis and fire and flower so the retailers and i I, it's just it's stupid it's incredible that investors don't seem to understand they just appreciate the liquidity of names like tilray canopy growth aurora they they don't appreciate the fundamentals of these other companies alan last one before let you go thoughts on the we maps ipo uh this week yeah you know i i've been uh for years very cautious on all new issues and uh 
it's served me very well. I'm not going to say my mistake, but I threw that rule to the wayside recently and paid the price big time. So you have to remember when these companies go public, so sometimes there's you know a lockup that prevents people from selling. So maybe you'll get six months. Like remember when Tilray went up during its lock lock uh, lockup period. But I like to let these things season a little bit. There's plenty of new cannabis names that have come along and they don't have great liquidity. The SPACs in general have been disasters. And uh, so I'm going to be patient on that. I think historically, uh, I did not like this company. I hope that they have truly walked away from their practices. But just on a moral issue, they were aiding and abetting the illicit market. While and while they were also trying to help the legal market, and you know they got in trouble in California, they got in trouble in Canada, and this really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So I don't know. I've seen some research that they really didn't get behind it. So that's something I'd want to clarify. Did they really get the illicit market off of their platform? It, but I will say this: it, the business model goes well beyond helping people find dispensaries, which I think Google does, by the way. Yeah. And they, they have some B2B software uh, that I think could really resonate. So it remains to be seen. The stocks, they've got a lot of revenue and a big market cap to go with it. I remember them like years ago saying they were like the Yelp for weed. And I was like, isn't Yelp? Can Yelp be the Yelp for weed? But uh, I know. I know. <laughs> no, I mean, they've done some good things. I don't want to sit here and totally denigrate yeah. them. I have that one issue for sure. But uh, so I'm going to be patient. Okay. Uh, it's okay. I'll let other people go first. Alan Brockstein is the author of uh, the 420 Investor and his site, which was up on the screen. New Cannabis Ventures, both links uh, in chat or in description of this video. Alan Brockstein, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks, Thanks for me. having me on during the downtime. All right. Uh, we got five minutes left here, guys. Let's do some ticker time if sure. we can. There's not really much else <laughs> on our radar, to be frank with you. Yeah, you're out um, of earnings. Well, Fed's on the radar, so we'll yeah. see. You could get a little bit of chop, but I think it's going to be chop and slop after the Fed meeting. Yeah. Uh, somebody mentioned AMC. I saw Kramer hyped it up this morning, but it's not really doing it. It's not having a big effect, at least for the moment. So. Don't know what's even if even AMC is quiet. You, uh, I don't even give commentary on the stock. Yeah, right. I'll go with that. I'll yeah, with that. it's it's everybody just gets mad when we spend some some because there's always somebody with a different opinion. So I have no yep. comment. It's permanently Mo banned. Mo I'm not permanently <laughs> banning it. We're going to talk it still, but I'm not talking it today. There's nothing, not much happening today. No, there's nothing happening today. That was kind of my point. Okay, uh, Ramon, Micron, please. Sure, I'm talking about Micron for a, uh, a second here. Okay. Was my just, uh, I just want to see, uh, uh, just checking on Roblox real quick here. Uh, a little bit of, uh, what's that? Fuchsia? What is that? Aqua? What is that called? That's, uh, that's an up candle, whatever it is. It's trying to get an up candle. Magenta? Magenta. Magenta. Oh, the green, yeah. the blue one. Yeah, I'm just looking. One. I'm just looking because we're getting closer to the open. Um, blue and pink. Yeah, whatever. Basic. I, I can't know, remember. The color names. Uh, Micron. Let's go to the Micron chart. Uh, was the move uh, two-day move, maybe? Uh, had to move up over 84, sold off. Yes. Four days of consolidation, strong day yesterday. Uh, I'd, I'd favor the long side here. Traded up a little bit at 82.50. 
Not much up here until 84. What's the high from 85 is like standing yeah. on like a sore thumb. So I don't Did know you, if it's going yeah. to test there, but that's like the rocket Gibraltar of resistance levels. So if I was along this thing, I'd be selling at 8490. Get through 8291 if you're looking for some If it gets there. Yep. Yep. If it gets there. If it goes red, I don't know if you're dead, but I don't want to hang out for that low at uh, 7992 yesterday. Um, what about as I scroll here to see tickers? Um uh, I don't know if this is referring to gold of the the stock or gold gold, but G-O-L-D. Yeah, that's uh, American. We pulled back enough on gold that you know we have pulled back a little bit there. I'm somewhat interested in buying some gold. I don't know. You don't buy gold. I never usually do. No, I don't have much gold in my long term portfolio either. I maybe should. I do. I got it pre pandemic. I don't know. It goes up. I want to. I want to sell it at seventeen (laughs) hundred, and then I. I hope it's going to break out at nineteen hundred and. And it doesn't. It fails again. Finding support here, big run up. I just, you know, gold gold holds eighteen fifty. Turns around, go back to nineteen hundred. Yeah, maybe it loses eighteen fifty. Then you'll probably sink down to this twenty one dollar level. But uh, just doesn't. Just hasn't hasn't been moving. I can't break above nineteen hundred. And now we're starting to pull off there. So that that just that's your general. Uh, you know, that that's your comments on gold. Uh, gold futures. Uh, who just mentioned? Who just mentioned Alibaba? Stay in the saddle. Uh, interesting that uh, they had um, um, Joseph Sai on on CNBC yesterday morning. Of course, he was asked about Jack Ma's whereabouts, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry." He, he is he missing again? He's a, no, he's just laying low. He's just laying low. But Alibaba is hopefully that- not laying really low, like underground okay. low. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, just a joke. Just a joke. You know what? It, it wouldn't, kind of it wouldn't be funny. it wouldn't be uh, funny if it was a possibility you know so it's not yeah. um all of china turning down this morning joel come you alerted me to the fact that they had some weak consumer spending data so you can look across the board like the chinese ev stocks are down the fxi is down alibaba is down too but uh let's talk about that that chart here it's just can't i'm still along it this cannot this can't move it can't hold a rally it just can't hold a rally I mean, you've got a lot of the mega cast trading back at near all-time wow. highs. Alibaba is the exact opposite of this. So here I am talking against my book again. I don't want to own any more stock. I got the little piece that I bought years ago that we know I sold half when I was worried about Jack Ma back at 2.30. Yeah, yeah. I've never I, – I, I tried – I did rebuy it once, the half, and then I sold it right away again, the other half. So I'm still in a half-size position in Alibaba, but I don't like it. Yeah, it's just hanging out too long. God. Too long. Yeah, too hanging out. I feel like it's out. got a date through 200. Yeah. Want to shake out some longs. So probably going to eventually pierce 200. Yeah, it's just been uh, – you were you were right on this one, Dennis. You were a little bit early, but you were just like, this is just not going to go away. Got the overhang in the stock. One monthly up candle. That's it. I think that was a rebound off the low. Uh, 204.39. I mean, you know, that was protected uh, by another low at uh, 206.02. So there's your support. I don't know. No, I want to get too excited on the upside until this thing cleared 215. All right. It is 9 o'clock, which means it's a wrap. 9 o'clock. I'm going to wrap. I'll see you guys at 330.
All right. See you. Hop over to premarketprep.com and I'll cover some more tickers. Are are, are we branding that? Oh, he's gone. Are are we going to brand that premarket prep plus like Disney plus and Paramount plus? (laughs) Maybe we do that. Uh, All right, Dennis, have a good open, sir. And thank uh, you. uh, Good luck, everyone. Talk to you guys later. Have a couple of housekeeping items to, uh, to get to before I hop off as well. Uh, First up, and I neglected to mention this yesterday, which, would have been good uh, if we had mentioned it on the show with Nick Shaheen, but we didn't. Uh, Benzinga Pro has a new options mentorship plan. You basically get everything that you normally get with Benzinga Pro, uh, plus more trade ideas from Nick Shaheen, his setups, his watch lists, et cetera, et cetera. It's uh, really uh, Benzinga Pro, but uh, specifically for the options trader. Uh, I'm going to put the link in chat right now, and there's also a coupon code. The coupon code will get you 70% off your first month. All right, there's the link in chat one. There's the link in chat two. The coupon code, I'm going to put that in the chat as well. So you don't have to just rely on me saying it. Coupon code is all caps. Summer sale. There it is. The code. Oops, did I put it in every in every chat? Yes, I did. Code summer sale. Again, that'll get you 70% off your first month of the Benzinga Pro options mentorship plan. It's basically everything you get with Benzinga Pro plus time with Nick Shaheen, attention from Nick Shaheen, setups, ideas, discussions, strategies from Nick Shaheen. Uh, he joins us every other Tuesday on this show. You can get Nick Shaheen every day with this plan. Uh, there's the link. There's the code. It's both in chat. Again, code summer sale. You know what? They even gave me a phone number to call if you're interested. If you'd rather talk to someone, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put that in there as well. I'm going to put the phone number up on the screen just for a second. Uh, and you can all call this number if you want to learn more. Check it out. 313-960-4061. There is the number to call to learn more about that. Uh, I'll probably try to get Nick back on the show. Uh, if not today, then a little bit tomorrow just to talk about it for a second. Um, but should have mentioned that yesterday. We didn't. My apologies. There is information for the Benzinga Pro Options Plan. Uh, link in chat. Code Summer Sale. Okay. Uh, that's going to be uh, just about a wrap here for pre-market prep. Give me a like, and I'll see you guys a little bit later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.